Hi, this is Brett. Thank you for listening to my sermon podcast. If you find these messages to be valuable, please be sure to share them with your friends on social media. And remember, you can subscribe to my sermons on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. That way they're delivered to you hot and fresh as soon as they're available. And if you've been blessed by these messages, would you take a moment or two and leave a review on iTunes? That is a huge help when it comes to getting other people to listen. Thanks again, and I hope today's message is a blessing to you. Many years ago, I had a Christmas without a Christmas. And maybe you've had a couple Christmases like this also. It was a long time ago. It was just me and Trish back then. And I think it was one of those years where Christmas falls in the middle of the week, kind of like this one. It just seems to disrupt everything. My family had decided that they were going to get together on the weekend. And so, and then Trisha's family had decided they were going to wait until New Year's Eve to celebrate Christmas. And it was just the two of us back then. Uh, we didn't have any kids yet. We had a cat. And we were also pretty poor back then. And I think we'd only bought each other one gift. We didn't even have a tree. For the longest time, we, we didn't even have a tree back then. Trish was working at a group home for developmentally disabled adults. And since we didn't have any Christmas plans, she had volunteered to work that day so that other people could go home and have Christmas with their family. And so I woke up Christmas morning. There were no lights. <laughs> there were no presents. There was no family. It was me all by myself. So I went out and played video games with the cat. The cat was really good at Mario Brothers. Uh, I played video games, played with the cat, and I made myself a sandwich. You know, I've been thinking about that Christmas a lot as I've prepared for these messages. Because these messages there's no manger in these messages there's no angels in these messages there's no baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in these messages and it would be real easy for us to look at these messages and look at these texts and say well where's the christmas in this where's the christmas in this sermon where's the christmas in this passage but these stories from mark's gospel have jesus standing firmly at the center and so even without wise men And without shepherds, without anything like a manger scene, the heart of Christmas is here. We're going to be in Mark chapter 9 today, verses 2 through 8. It's page 844 in those blue Bibles in front of you, like the one I'm using today. If you're following along with the YouVersion Bible app, all of the notes are there for you. The first thing you notice when you look at chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, verse 2, is there is a time marker here for us. It tells us when this event took place. Verse 2 says, and after six days. Okay, stop and think about that for a minute. And after six days. What happened six days earlier? Well, six days earlier was what I preached seven days earlier. The story that I preached last week was six days earlier. It was that story where Jesus asks the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds and says, you are the Christ. It had been six days since that event. Six days since Peter got the answer right. Six days since Peter was the first to understand who Jesus is. But there's a story in between that story. 
and the one we're looking at today. There's a story in between that happens right after Peter's good confession. I mean, immediately after Peter's good confession, we read in verse 31 of chapter 8, and he, that is Jesus, Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Instantly, Peter went from, you got the right answer, to, you are so wrong, you sound like the devil. You are so wrong, you sound like my worst enemy. That had been six days earlier. I have a feeling it was a tense six days. I have a feeling there wasn't a lot of talking going on during those six days. I have a feeling it was very quiet. And I have a feeling that there were questions that during those six days, there were questions that were never asked. And so we pick up in chapter 9, verse 2. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved Son, listen to Him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. This is my beloved Son. Is that how you hear it? That's how I hear it. I hear it, it's, it's James Earl Jones's voice coming out of that cloud, you know. This is my beloved son, Luke, I am your father. You know, it's Simba. It's all that. All that works together right there. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. You can't ignore that voice. You can't not hear that voice. It brings, it back in, brings us back into focus. And it seems to me that that voice is the kind of statement that, that we need to hear at Christmas. Not just as we look to the baby Jesus, but as we hear Him, as we listen to the Father draw us to listen to the Son, to why He sent the Son, to why He deserves our focus. We have to admit, when it comes to Christmas, when it comes to the holiday, it is easy to get distracted. It is easy to get distracted and put our focus in the wrong place. I mean, that's one of our common complaints about Christmas, isn't it? We just, Christmas isn't, isn't about these things. Christmas is about something else. And we complain about, about having the wrong focus. We get distracted by other things. I went to Google this week, and I, I asked Google a couple of questions. You know, I typed in, Christmas is not about, and I let Google finish the sentence for me. Christmas is not about, and Google said, Christmas is not about gifts. Christmas is not about presents. Christmas is not about Santa Claus. That's what Google told me. I thought, well, that's pretty good, Google. So then I typed in on Google, Christmas is. Christmas is about, and I wanted to see what Google thought Christmas was about. Christmas is about giving. 
Christmas is about family. Google said Christmas is about love. And then Google said Christmas is about consumerism. And I thought, oh, so close. But, but, but it wasn't close. We have to admit, even those good things, you know, giving and family and love, that's, that's not what Christmas is focused on. That's not the focus. And so in this story, in, in Mark chapter 9, Jesus takes three of His disciples, His three best friends. There is James, there is John, and there is Peter in His mouth. And He takes them up this mountain, leaving the rest of them behind at the base of the mountain. He takes these three up the mountain and they see something that no one had ever seen before. Mark begins and puts the focus on Jesus and he says, He was transfigured before them. What does that even mean? I mean, we really don't know what that means. Transfigured. The Greek word is metamorpho, which is where we get the English word. That's right, metamorphosis. Very good. And you always think when you think about metamorphosis, because our teachers were good to us, you think about the caterpillar and the butterfly, right? The the metamorphosis of the caterpillar to the butterfly. Now that's still the same animal. It's still the same being. That the, The essence of that caterpillar is still in that butterfly, but obviously something has changed. Somehow it is the same and yet it is different. And that's what he's saying about Jesus. He was transformed. He was... He was something, something like he was completely Jesus. Something they had never seen before. I love Mark's addition here in verse 3. Mark says, And his clothes became radiantly, his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. Sounds a little bit like a Tide commercial, doesn't it? This portion of Scripture is brought to you by Tide. Tide leaves your clothes radiant and intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. I love the addition of no one on earth could bleach them. It almost sounds like a challenge. Like someone's going to, Calgon's going to take on that, uh, that challenge. Or maybe Clorox. And they're going to challenge that. But no one could do it. But the point is this. This was something different. This was something they had never seen before. This was Jesus in His eternal nature. But for them, this was also temporary. We don't have any other account of this. In the Gospels. We, we don't have any time in the, in the Bible where the disciples said to Jesus, hey, do that trick again. <laughs> do that one where you make yourself all shiny. Do that trick again. In fact, verse 9 says, and as they were coming down the mountain, He charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This, this isn't the focus. This isn't the story. This is temporary. And how often do we make the mistake of getting hung up on temporary things? Temporary things that catch our eye or catch our attention. Whether it's the holiday with the the lights and the decorations and the music and all the excitement and and somehow that becomes our focus. Or or you think about temporary things just like physical health (laughs) in in our, our physical life. I don't know how many people ask me today, how are you doing? And I said, I'm hurting. Something's wrong with my arms. They're not working right today. They hurt a little bit today, but that's just... And then you older people are like, yeah, I know what that's about. (sighs) Whether it's the holidays or whether it's our physical life, our youth, or even our, our health, it's very easy for some very temporary things to take the center of our focus. And then one day they're gone. One day the, the holiday's gone and we're left trying to recapture that excitement 
Or maybe our youth is gone and, and, and we're trying to recapture that. But maybe something that caught our attention is gone. It was very temporary. And if we listen close, we may be able to even hear a voice redirecting us and saying, this, this is My beloved Son. Listen to Him. Put your focus on Him. It's easy to get distracted. But more than that, it's easy to get discouraged too. It's easy to get discouraged and long for something that we just don't have. In this passage, in the passage we looked at last week, Peter took front and center in that passage. He took, he took front and center with the right answer. Jesus asked the question, who do the people around us, who do the people say that I am? And the disciples said, well, some people think that you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Other people think that you're Elijah returned. And, and then Jesus said, who do you say that I am? What about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and he said, you are the Christ. You are the King. Peter got the answer right. But, but here in this story, Peter should have kept his mouth shut. You, you go on in verses 4 and 5. And there appeared with them, appeared to them Elijah and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. It's interesting to me that Elijah was mentioned in the last chapter when Jesus said, who do the people say that I am? And he said, well, some, they said, some people think that you're Elijah. Come back. Because Malachi in the Old Testament had told them that before the Messiah would come, before the Christ would come, Elijah would come. Elijah would come and prepare the way. And he says, some people think that you're Elijah. Well, then Peter answers and says, you are the Christ. So they know the Christ is here. And now, all of a sudden, on this mountaintop, here's Elijah and so this is it. This is the big moment that everyone has been waiting for. And what is Peter's solution in that moment? Let's just stay here. Let's not go back down to the bottom of the mountain. Let's, let's just stay here. Forget the other disciples. Forget the other people down there with their problems. And let's set up three shrines right here. We got Moses. He represents the law. We've got Elijah. He represents the prophets. And we've got Jesus. We don't need anyone else. It was one of those perfect moments those perfect moments that you never want to let go of that you want to hold on to forever you never want that moment to change you never want it to escape you just want that one moment to last your entire life but you know it just doesn't work that way we love to tell stories about our favorite christmases we've had a lot of good christmases we can tell stories about our favorite christmases but when we tell those stories, those Christmases are all, they're all back there. They're all in the past. And, and sometimes I worry that when we tell stories of our favorite Christmases, we don't consider the possibility that the greatest Christmas might yet be ahead of us. That there might be a, a wonderful time ahead of us when we start telling the stories about, about all the great times in the past. We talk about the year that all the kids were little. Oh, that year the kids were little. That was a great Christmas. We talk about the year when, when, when the tree was just stuffed with presents. There were so many presents under the tree, it took forever to open them all. Or we talk about the year that there was just the two of us and it was nice and it was quiet and we say, you know, that, that was Christmas. That was what Christmas was all about. But it's all, it's all back there. And as much as we love what was back there, we can't go back to it. We can't share that moment with the people around us. I mean, I can't even take you to my Christmas without a Christmas. It was just me and the cat. 
and I, I probably shouldn't have to tell you this, but that was like 30 years ago. That cat's gone, okay? So it's just me at this point. And I can't take you back to my Christmas without a Christmas. One of the reasons why people struggle so much with depression around Christmas is because they are missing Christmas's past. They're missing those holidays from the past. I read an article this week that said memories and traditions are a big part of the holidays. And if your current life circumstances aren't the best, you may get stuck longing for the happier times in the past at the expense of the present. Why can't it always be like it was when we were all together? Why can't it always be like it was when things were going great? And you know, the chances are our memories aren't as good as we think they are. Chances are things weren't as great back then as, as we think they were, as we remember they were. But trying to hold on to what doesn't last is a sure sign that we're missing the points. Peter wanted to hold on to that moment. Peter wanted to hold on to that moment with Moses and with Elijah and with Jesus. It must have been great. But a moment later, verse 8 tells us, and suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. Moses was gone. Elijah was gone. And all that was left was Jesus. And a voice from the cloud booming, this is My beloved Son hear him and you know that that's as much for us as it is for peter that voice is as much for us as it is for peter hear him hear jesus and i wonder if if we listen to jesus this christmas if we really listen to jesus this christmas what might we hear from him what might we hear him say you know if we take away the distractions whether whether the distractions are are lights and, and the sounds and the celebration of Christmas, or whether the distractions are brilliant, uh, radiant clothing, brighter than anyone could, could possibly bleach them. This part of the sermon is brought to you by Tide. Uh, if we take away that, and we take away all the discouragement of everything that we can't hold on to, whether it's Christmas's past, or whether it's the heroes like Moses and Elijah, and if we just focus on Jesus, what might we hear if we just listen to Him. I think there's a little irony in this story. The Father speaks from the cloud and says, this is My beloved Son. Listen to Him. And the very first thing Jesus tells them is, don't tell anyone about this. Verses 9 and 10, and as they were coming down the mountain, He charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what this rising from the dead might mean. You know, they, they kept talking. And it's interesting that the talk, the, the conversation, the topic is not about what just happened on the mountain. The topic is about what happened six days earlier. About who he was and about where he was going. And again, again, why is Elijah here? Why did Elijah show up? Why did we get to see Elijah and no one else got to see him? Verse 11, it says they asked him, why did the scribes say, that Elijah, that first Elijah must come. And, and Jesus said to them, Elijah does come first to restore all things. And, and how is it written of the Son of Man that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt? But I tell you that Elijah has come and they did to him whatever they pleased as it is written of him. Now you might, you might miss this part. 
I mean, that's just not part of our culture, and it's not something we talk about a lot. But what Jesus is saying is Elijah had come, not on that mountain, but that Elijah had come in, in the form of John the Baptist. Not that John the Baptist was a reincarnation of Elijah, but John the Baptist came with Elijah's spirit. John the Baptist came in the spirit and the purpose of Elijah. John came with that same forcefulness, with that same purpose to prepare the way for the Lord, to prepare the way for the Christ, the King. And now that John is gone, this is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. And so, what's He saying to us? As we approach Christmas this year, as we approach Christmas with our King reigning in peace over us, I think we might hear Him ask us, what is the greatest thing that you can share with other people this holiday? I think that's a question we would, ask Jesus, or we would hear Jesus ask us. What's the greatest thing you can share with someone else this holiday? Not like Peter. <laughs> let's just build tents and let's just stay here. But, but who's down there? Who's down there at the bottom of the mountain that we can help Who can we go down to the bottom of the mountain and help them find Jesus and help them see that there is a King that reigns in peace? There is someone in our lives right now, there's someone in your life who is hurting, who is distracted, who is discouraged, who is in need of more than just Christmas presents. They need the presence of Christ. They need to know our King. And I think it's very telling that as soon as they get to the base of the mountain, in verse 14, they find a man waiting for them at the bottom of the mountain. And that man had brought his son to the disciples because his son has a demon and he wants that demon cast out. But when he gets there, the disciples are distracted. <laughs> they're distracted and instead of helping this boy, they're arguing. They're arguing about religion with each other. That's not terribly helpful, by the way. No one gets better because we're good at arguing. Okay, Nobody gets better because the church is really good at arguing. No one finds the help they need because we hide away on mountaintops. If we listen to Jesus, we'll find Him calling us into other people's lives. Bringing hope. Bringing healing. Bringing peace. This Christmas, listen to Jesus and hear the heart of the holiday. Now if you're curious, my cat, <laughs> my cat and I sat there that Christmas morning. I, I played Nintendo. He sat on my lap and on the controller as cats will do. And after a while I got up and I, I made a sandwich kind of in the dark. And I, I got to be honest with you, I was miserable. It was the worst Christmas ever. I was miserable that Christmas. And I had just got my sandwich made and the phone rang. It was Trish. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm eating a sandwich for Christmas. And she said, why don't you come over and have Christmas dinner with us? And so I got dressed. I got bundled up because it was really cold that Christmas. And I drove to the group home and I had lunch in the home with a group of developmentally disabled adults. Clint was sitting to my left. And I remember that Clint didn't quite know how to cut his ham, but that's okay. He just picked it up and ate it anyway. And, and I was told not to help Clint because he gets, you know, get that fork on his hand right there. So, so I didn't help Clint. And I remember across from me was James. And I always liked James. James was a little bit older than me. 
James had gotten for Christmas that year, he'd gotten a carton of cigarettes from his parents. Uh, and he'd gotten a watch. And I got a watch that year too. I got one of those data bank, those Casio data bank watches. Do you remember those? Oh, it's a big deal. I got a Casio data bank watch. James had gotten a new watch. And I said, James, I got a new watch for Christmas also. And I showed him my watch. And, and James said, I got a watch for Christmas. I said, really? And he said, yeah, have you seen it? And I said, no, I haven't. And he said, well, I have. <laughs> and then he went right back to eating his, his Christmas dinner. <laughs> but you know, those people opened their home up to me. They opened their home to me on Christmas when I didn't have any place else to go. And they shared a meal with me. And I have to tell you, the Christmas without a Christmas ended up being one of the most memorable Christmases <laughs> I've ever had. I've never forgotten that. Listen, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. You could listen, you could listen to the commercials this year because the commercials are going to tell you what you don't have. And they're going to tell you what you really, really need to have. You listen to the songs. You should listen to the songs, but the songs are going to remind you of what you used to have. They'll remind you of those Christmases from, from long ago, maybe Christmases long, long gone. Or you can listen to Jesus. And you can hear the voice of Jesus telling you to come down from that mountain and care for somebody with a need. Care for somebody who's lonely. Care for somebody who needs Him. Care for somebody who needs peace. And simply share Him with the people around us. Let's stand and pray. Father, mountaintops are lovely, even here in Illinois. We thank You for those experiences, those mountaintop experiences of faith that, that we've each had when, when we've known your, your presence in special and powerful ways. But Father, we can't stay on those mountaintops. And Jesus calls us down into the lives of others to bring His love to them. And so this Christmas, let us listen to Him. Let us hear where He's calling us and who He's calling us to help and how He's calling us to love those around us. Give us ears to hear, but also give us hands and feet that are ready to move and help and let the joy of Christmas become the joy of serving others. To Your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And go in peace.